This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Thanks for joining us this week when we begin answering general questions that have been submitted to the podcast. Pastor Michael, here's our first question for today. If polygamy is so wrong, then why was it allowed in the Bible and not now? Yeah, this is um, a hard question, and it's a nuanced question. So often when this question is asked, um, a lot of people are assuming that uh, Semitic culture from literally millennia ago is similar to what we deal with here. And the reality is that sometimes, particularly for women, polygamy was a matter of life and death. Um, And so I want to be nuanced and biblical as we answer um, this question. Another thing to note is that polygamy was a cultural habit and trend in Semitic cultures, meaning um, cultures in the ancient Near East, we'll say from um, 1000 BC and before. Like these were just common trends that the nation of Israel found themselves in the middle of. So when God called out Abraham and formed a nation from him, he was already a functionally Semitic person and God formed the Jewish people out of him. So rites like circumcision are not Jewish originally. They were um, Semitic practices that the Jewish culture by God's decree redeemed. So Michael, you used the term Semitic a few times. Explain to the listeners exactly what you're saying. Yeah, Semitic um, simply refers to the cultures, ethnicities, and languages of, we'll say, many of the ancient Near Eastern um, tribes. Um, The Bible, when it describes polygamous relationships, is not prescribing them. And this is a, a significant distinction to make when we read particularly the Old Testament and the narratives, is that people often assume that because a biblical figure does it, that it's a good prescribed thing. And actually, it never really turned out good for both parties. Oh, yeah. So one of the one of the ways Old Testament narrative communicates points is by it will tell you what they did. And if the outcome of that is positive, that's often a narrative approach to communicating the goodness or badness of a decision. So polygamous marriage never, ever, ever, ever goes well for anybody in Scripture. And that's one of the ways that Semitic languages, as they write stories, communicate. We live in Western culture in a propositional culture that says, tell me what is right, tell me what is wrong. And Semitic languages are much more based in narrative and poetry than they are propositions in the way you know we often think about them. So a couple things to understand is just because the Bible describes it does not mean it promotes it or prescribes it. And uh, we see that it never really ever goes uh, well. There's one circumstance which I think is important to note. It's called leveret marriage. This is a circumstance where in Semitic cultures, um, where women were primarily responsible for raising children, if her husband would die, God prescribed as an act of mercy and care for the woman that the the husband who passes away, um, his brother should take the wife into his home. Um, It may sound weird, but um, give her more children and then take care of her as his own wife. Well, this sounds weird to the Western ears, but this woman has no way to get provision. 
uh, no way to make more children who, by the way, when this woman gets older, these children um, are the primary means by which this woman is going to be taken care of because statistically the men would die first. And so children were sort of like an insurance policy for these women. Um, They did not have the government to take care of all your needs. They did not have Medicare. They didn't have Medicaid. They had their family and their small, often nomadic communities. So that being said, leveret marriage in Scripture was actually a gracious act of God um, in these cultural contexts to give women, um, we'll say, um, Medicare or Medicaid as they got older. Um, so few things to note, the, there are some clear biblical teachings that lead us to God's view on this. So the first one, I think, starts in the Garden of Eden. The second one is in the book of Deuteronomy, where God lists the requirements for the kings of Israel. One of his requirements is they should not have multiple wives. Well, when every single king, King David, King Solomon included, had multiple wives, the authors of First and Second Samuel did not need to tell the reader that it was wrong. Why? Because the authors are assuming you know the law, that you don't just kind of know the law like Americans know the Bible, that you know the law. So when he describes, the authors describe their polygamy, they are expecting the reader will not say, oh, it's King David. It must be good. They're expecting the reader will see this story and they will conclude and read it through the lens of the law that David is sinning by taking multiple wives. So when the listener sees it, they should be recognizing that red flashing light. Yes, there should be red flags that go up. And if we don't, it's not the author's fault and it's not God's fault. It's really our lack of knowledge and ability to read the Bible appropriately in its context. So the first real defense against polygamy biblically is the Garden of Eden. This is the standard for believers, followers of God. Number two is you see that the kings of Israel were supposed to model godliness for the people. And one of those requirements was not to take multiple wives. We see that they were supposed to live and act differently. Um, A third reason we say this is because every time Jesus mentions marriage, he always references one man and one woman. And it is very clear Jesus's theology and understanding of marriage is not rooted in Semitic culture, but it's rooted in the Genesis creation account. The fourth biblical reason that we know that God is not pro-polygamy comes to the New Testament requirements for elders. And it's very clear. Elders must be the husband of how many wives? One One wife. wife. So very simple, very clear. Well, why would he even have to say this? Well, because this is an issue. I mean, this is a real issue. And so the elders are supposed to be the spiritual examples and spiritual leaders. And Paul's not unaware of some of the cultural baggage that the Jews bring with them, that the Gentiles bring with them. And he's kind of getting in front of all this and saying, you know, let's, let's be straight here for a moment. The Old Testament didn't explicitly directly say don't have multiple wives. It communicated explicitly, but not in the way that maybe the Greeks understood it. So Paul just kind of gets in front of all this and says, you know, Greeks, maybe you haven't even read the Old Testament or the law and you don't know anything about it. Fine. Let me just be clear. The standard for mature followers of Jesus Christ is that there is a marriage where there's one husband and one wife. And that's what it is. 
So big picture, we step back and we say, does the Bible explicitly say it? Well, in the New Testament, it gets clear. Um, in the New Test, in the Old Testament, it's described, and in the Garden of Eden, the model is laid out for us. So, um, should we have multiple wives, Tim? The answer is no. No. Most people can barely handle one wife or one husband, let alone multiple. So let's make a rule, Tim. When somebody has an amazing, awesome, perfect, amazing, beautiful marriage with one person, then they can try to find another spouse. I'm just kidding, though. They shouldn't. That's unbiblical. (laughs) (laughs) Just to make sure we're all clear. Crystal clear. Thank you, Pastor Michael, for that answer. Listeners, please don't forget you can submit your questions to our podcast by going to our church website, vcob.org, and click the link that says Q&A podcast questions. Submit those questions to us. We'll be getting to them as quickly as possible. Please join us tomorrow when our question is, where is Jesus found in the Old Testament?